dive into Reiki Podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to the Dive into Reiki podcast, episode 8-9. I'm starting to lose count of it, which is a good thing because it means I'm bringing a lot of stories and I have a lot of wonderful guests. Before introducing my very special one for today, I just wanted to thank uh, my new patrons, uh, Claudia Sula and Marie Delhomme, for supporting, uh, again, for a cup of coffee, but it helps with the editing, the hosting, and all the work that goes into the podcast, so it can be on YouTube for everyone. And without further ado, I'm introducing someone that I met in a retreat, and we basically have been laughing every time we see. She makes my heart smile. She's a very special person and a very, very beautiful Reiki master, Maria Kammerer. Uh, she's a full-time Reiki practitioner, teacher, and community leader. She's based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Her Reiki journey started in the year 2000, and she continues to practice and develop her understanding of Reiki. She's a graduate teacher with International House of Reiki and the founder of Attune, the Art of Reiki. And also, she has the Be The Light podcast. We will discuss, obviously, her journey. Um, also, what it is to make a livelihood of Reiki. A lot of us, you know, dream of that. What is the reality of having a Reiki business? The importance of community in our development of the spiritual journey and tips to deepen our practice. So I can't wait all of that. Maria, welcome. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to chat with you and um, your lovely community. Think um, thinking about an origin story, it's like a superhero story, you know. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Thank you, that makes me laugh a lot. Um, but you know, actually, we're all so powerful, so that's that's lovely, and we can we can be accept our superness, I guess. So that's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I um, I encountered Reiki actually when I was doing a year in service with AmeriCorps. It's like um, the Peace Corp at my own community. And at the time I was going to school and was a young, um, I had been a single mom and I had met my sweet husband and we had another baby and was working. And so you can feel, you know, that's such a full and crazy, crazy life. <laughs> Indeed, I don't know how you even did that. <laughs> um, Reiki practice. <laughs> Actually, I did it because I was, I'm really strong, right? And so I just kept going. And so many people I know, they just, we all keep going and we, we, we burn out and we keep going anyway, right? We try to sleep and we can't get to sleep very well. We wake up the next day and we're operating from that place of, you know, just, um, you know, don't have anything left, but you keep going, right? And at some point, I just, I was like, there has got to be another way, <laughs> you know? And uh, and luckily, I was working at a women's resource center, and one of the women um, in that community um, was a Reiki practitioner, and she was a teacher, and she was so sweet anyway. She was like such a wonderful woman. There's something about her. It's probably her Reiki practice, right? Exactly. She was tender and calm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was so peaceful. She was so happy, right? I was like, oh my gosh, this lady, right? And my friend, you know, and I had so much turmoil, you know, on an emotional level, just you know, baggage about my parents being divorced or, you know, being the seventh child in a family where, you know, oh, lots and lots of seventh child. That's why you're so boisterous. Like you have to call the attention so they remember you exist. Yeah. Hello. Hello. No. <laughs> it took me a while actually to become, I was actually super, super shy and quiet. And so now I think through my Reiki practice, I've been able to kind of accept who I am more. So much friendlier, much more fun in that way. But yeah, so I had a lot of turmoil in all think all levels of my life. And I, I, my friend recommended to go to a Reiki treatment. And I was like, I don't know what Reiki is, but I'm going to try it. You know? <laughs> um, and so I did. And actually, it was the one, of, it was the best thing I've ever done in that way. It just like, 
I felt, oh my gosh, I felt more myself. And it was like, I, how do you forget yourself? But I, I remember, it was like, I felt myself again and I felt so happy and like, so in the flow, you know, it's like, even the next day I was like, my hair looks great. <laughs> you know, I got a good parking spot, <laughs> but, but really it was that I felt at peace and I got home and I just felt all this overwhelming sense of love for my family. Um, and because I was present, you know, I was really present and there and I could love them the way that they needed to, you know, there was my boys, my two boys are now in their twenties, but, um, you know, and I always wanted to be a good parent. I always wanted to be a good person. And I think Reiki really helped me to, to do that because I could be myself. I could let go of my worry. I could let go of my fear. Right. And I could just be, have more gratitude and more compassion. I, I love the way you put it because a lot of us, we take a Reiki class and we're like, oh, I didn't see the angels. I didn't see colors, but I feel very peaceful. And like, and we make it almost like it's a less of an experience. And actually being like, how many times are we feeling peaceful in our lives, right? It's such a gift to be present and peaceful. That is better than 300 visions or colors, right? Oh my gosh. So true because we can get, um, we can lose track of what's really important in life, you know, and a lot of times we want to be entertained, which is great. I love to have fun, you know, <laughs> no doubt. Right. But actually being peaceful means that I can really be resting in myself. And then I have the freedom to have fun no matter what the conditions are or to, it, to get the most out of my life. Right. Even, even like, accepting the anger or the angry parts of who we are that's so healing you know and that comes from a place of you have space and you have peace in you you're able to accept the sadness or you know the other parts of yourself that we've been trying to kind of hold back or hold down yeah when we we're doing the pre-interview you said a, a phrase that really struck me and actually i prepare a quote from my instagram with it you said like you have to love yourself so much that you love even your anger and Reiki practice allows that. And that is really such a beautiful statement. Mm, we yeah. usually push it right. and hide it and don't deal with it, right? Oh yeah, that's so true. And I and and you're right. And I think, you know, I mentioned earlier I used to be really, really shy and I used to be so stiff too, like, I gotta do, you know, I gotta be perfect. And, you know, I just wanted to fit in. I never felt like I've really fit into anything, you know? Um, and so I tried to blend in super hard and that's so much effort, <laughs> right? I mean, you should have seen me on the dance floor, right? Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't be free. I can't because I met you three three years ago, probably three, four years ago. And when you're describing, I cannot even like for people listening or seeing this, like you were dancing and moving and laughing the whole time I was there. So Right. Isn't that funny? You know? <laughs> I know. I and I laugh at that myself because, you know, I you know, I could relax. I started to relax. And I started to relax into my own body. I feel like I embody who I am now because my energy is in my own self. <laughs> it's not out here trying to control the world or my own emotions or, you know, I'm not looking for happiness or peace outside of myself. I'm really finding it in my own body. And you're right. It's hard to, um, you know, I used to think like, I don't know how to, what did they, people mean like love yourself or what is peace or, you know, how to let go, you know, sometimes that can be a puzzle, but I think we have to start to um, trust ourselves a little more and just do the practice, just sit and practice and all of that stuff um, that the mind kind of puzzles through. How do you love your anger? You know, that's a huge thing um, comes with it just starts, you start to unfold, you start to accept the, the angry part of you and the, the, the loving part even more and the, 
and the bitchy part. Sorry for cussing, but you know, <laughs> you know, I still have funny parts. But I'm allowed, I can allow myself, I can be funny, you know, I'm like, wow, I never could do that before. <laughs> but yeah, transformation. Um, so good, you know, that we can progress, we can start to um, just live more um, in the moment. And I think there is something very important in what you said, like, we always expect the two men to do the work. And the two men is an initial taste of that peace, of that acceptance of feeling good, but it's really daily practice that allows to shed and let go those layers. You know, it's like, I Absolutely. think that is very important because we always expect like, oh, I need another attunement. I'm mm. angry again. Yeah, I love, I, I'm so glad you said that because it's true and I, I love to learn things. And so, you know, I took, I, I took all the Reiki classes I could. <laughs> Because I was like, I'm so hungry for this. I love it. And um, I was learning um, modern teachings. But, but I, you know, anyway, besides that, but I think that when you, to really progress in your own transformation or to, to continue to let go of our layers, we do have to have that dedication to yourself, you know, um, and and what happened, I think, at the beginning is that I felt really good, right? And then I stopped practicing. Guilty, <laughs> guilty, guilty, like most of us are. Right? Because you feel good, right? So yeah. you're like, yeah, I feel good. And then you slowly start to feel worse and worse and worse, right? And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have this Reiki practice. You know, some light bulb would go off. And then I would practice. And then, oh, my gosh, I would feel really good. And then at some point I had, I just like said to myself, I was like, I've got to stop doing this to myself. I'm the one choosing to like, I think I became so much aware of my own state of being, you know? And then I was like, I have a choice. You know what? I feel bad. I have a choice and I can dedicate myself to this work of showing more compassion, loving myself more by doing the work right? By being diligent in my practice. And I think, I think that's super important. Um, and that way, you know, I continue to feel good and then feel better and better and, and who freaking knows, right? <laughs> you know, but it's, it's such a joy, you know, every day is a new day, you know, every moment, this beautiful, fresh moment. And in, yeah, because when we talk, you mentioned uh, the precept of Kyo Hageme, which mm. a lot of people translate as work hard, but really it's more about practice diligently. And actually when I went to the Zen monastery, it also means when you sit and you practice, you're already enlightened. So it's yeah. also remember you already are enlightened, you just need to practice, right? Okay, I probably yeah. killed it a little bit, but, and I think that precept, everybody just treat him like, it's like the least love of the precept. So I was very excited when he was your favorite precept, like one of them, I'm like, Someone yeah. else who loves Gyo Hagame. <laughs> I love Gyo Hagame. But also it's like, yeah, I love that because it's not, to me, I think work or, you know, being diligent, you know, we have to, we could squeeze the juice out of anything. You know, we can make our meditation practice so dry and we can punish ourselves with it. So I think actually practicing diligently or right diligence is actually to to enjoy, you know, to enjoy the meditations and to to really, you know, enjoy this hands-on healing and feel that that loving touch, you know, that we actually we we want that, but you know, we can not really be as open by if we work too hard at it. Right. If we try to make something happen or I want, you know, to create some effect, we have too much stuff in the way. But actually just, you know what, to stop, enjoy this moment, enjoy your own breath, your own energy, your body, your mind, you know. And that's when I think it's just, oh, it just feels really good. I know it's when it's not a chore, it's really, as you say, like we talk about self-love as a concept, this is self-love in action. I mm. it. So that is, yeah, it's one of my favorite presets. And the one I need the most is just for today, which is not literally one, 
<laughs> but yeah, I'm like, I'm always so excited when you're like another Gyohagame lover. Gyohagame <laughs> <laughs> team. Yeah, I have a whole class like the underdog preset. And I talk to people like, you don't understand the beauty of this preset. So, underdog. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love I mean, that. Yeah, when we talk about your origin story, you train with a lot of teachers and then you hit a wall and then you actually found also a community. I wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of having a Reiki community. It's a theme that we don't always talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, some people struggle finding one. I wanted you to share your experience of what happened with Cincinnati and the community you found. Okay, yeah, no problem. Happy to. Um, yeah, we're, I think we're, we're so lucky to have a, a beautiful um, Cincinnati Reiki community and um, uh, that was founded by um, Sundar Kadayam and Zainab um, Yilmaz. And they are um, just wonderful practitioners, really uh, dedicated um, to their own practice. So they, um, and I, yeah, I learned from um, lots of different teachers, all wonderful, um, but more uh, Western style um, Reiki, which is great. And I think it helped me actually so much in my life, as you can tell. Um, but it's at one point in my in my practice, because I practice and I and I'm such a hard worker. That's probably why I like Kyo Hagame, right? <laughs> but no, I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, you know. <laughs> and I will do my homework, I will read the books, you know what I mean? So I was doing that uh, with that um, with the teachings that I had and it just didn't make sense to me. I didn't really understand um, how Reiki worked or, you know, um, and I was teaching, um, um, but I I didn't understand so many things, but my, my pr progression definitely hit a wall. Um, and I was like, I felt like I was just spinning my wheels and not really going forward. And a lot of the things that I was doing um, that I was told to do, which is fine. I love my teachers, honestly. And also that was 20 years or 15 years ago, who knows what people are up to now. So, um, but, you know, super, super grateful for those experiences. Um, so um, Zainab actually, the coordinator for Cincinnati Reiki reached out to me and she invited me to go to this group. And again, I was like, oh, I was like a little still pretty stiff at that point. So I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, what are these people going to be like? Because I'm pretty much alone. I can be a loner and, you know, I'm good by myself. And um, anyway, um, so I went and oh my gosh, this group was so <laughs> beautiful and they're so harmonious and welcoming. And I really appreciated that because um, I was still a little shy and I wasn't sure. I was a little suspicious of them. <laughs> they would laugh to this day. Yeah, I, I love you. I can't imagine it. Like, I really can. <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, I meet friends. Every, I'm like, oh, you're so great, right? Everyone I meet, I, I just enjoy. Um, but um, so they started to share the chanting. And I got to chant with this beautiful group. It was probably like 25 or 30 Reiki practitioners. And I was blown away. I felt like, oh my gosh, it's in me. Reiki is me. It's in me. And it's in my own hara. It's in my own center. And it made so much sense, you know? Oh my gosh, it made so much sense. And it felt so good. And I, and it completely changed the way that I felt about Reiki and how I practiced and, and having that community, I think over the years, um, we've gotten together so many times, but we have two main events twice a year uh, that we all gather together. And it's from people from all different lineages, not just International House of Reiki, but everyone's invited and we practice, we learn, but having that support of people who are on that, they it, it understand your language around energy or they're the, what, they have experiences similar to you in a way. And that helps you to um, 
to have, you know, it's like this bigger circle of people. And it, and it became, to, for me, like a bigger family of people to love you and support you in your life. And that's what it's really become is like this ever widening circle of Reiki family. And I feel like I'm, I meet more Reiki family all over the world, like you, you know, and um, people from Australia and Germany and, you know, California. It's just so great because having that group just showed me so much, like all the many faces of Reiki and everybody's different transformation and development and so many lessons, right? It was just, you know, um, you know, I said, I, I come from a big family already. So to me, that felt really natural. <laughs> of course, yeah, I'm a, I'm a third one. We're three and I'm the third one, but seven. Yeah, it's, but I grew up with all my cousins. We're always like 10 cousins running around. So yeah. You it, know, yeah. It feels good. It feels also, for example, in New York, New York can be very lonely and I tend, I'm an introvert. So like, it's nice to have a community. Also, people, they don't think you're a crazy person when you feel something or you talk about, like, you can talk and you're not being considered, like, insane. Yes, that's so great. Because <laughs> I would try to talk to other people about Reiki, especially at first. Um, and I was like, come here, come here, try this Reiki stuff. It's amazing. And they were like, e <laughs> crazy lady. Yeah, I like, you know. Yeah, crazy lady is the favorite one. <laughs> I've had that too. But I also, because I know a lot of people always trying to do Reiki circles, Reiki communities. And I don't know if you can give, if it's easy to give like a few tips because they have to be sustainable. Yeah. And, and also you have to commit, right? Because it's not like, yeah, I'll do a Reiki circle. In my case, before the pandemic, it took me a year to be online and I had to do it every month. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to them every two months because actually the effort was too much every month. And I, if I wanted to keep so... What is the key for you for someone to create a community that is, you know, that is relevant and sustainable? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, so now I'm um, hosting the Cincinnati Reiki events and in that community. And I really kind of um, include this. I, I feel like the more we practice, the more we include more people automatically like when you practice you're you're practicing not just for yourself but for your family and your loved ones and then you know um that wider circle right starts to happen so um i think you know your own personal practice is really important um and then if you feel you want to start a group for yourself and and i encourage you to do that it's always more fun with friends <laughs> right? And you never know what's going to happen or, you know, um, but yeah, having that uh, dedication to continue to show up um, for them. Um, but setting, I think just if you have even just one person in mind who would practice with you, that's great. Don't wait till the perfect circumstances to begin, right? Ha invite that one person, say, hey, do you want to do this? set the date and time. Once you put it on your calendar, it's going to happen, right? And you have that one person that you're accountable to, it's got to happen. <laughs> I love how simple you made it, right? We think it's all about like a Facebook page logo. It's just start with one person and a calendar invite. That's right. And I, and I think in a way, you know, um, we have to keep it simple. You know, it's, it's just that you want to gather together. You want to practice together, you know, it, it can be very simple like that. And then, and just remain open to, um, you know, uh, who you want to invite and who you want to, um, and just start, you can send, of course, all your invitations out. But if you have um, a few people that maybe you took classes with, or um, maybe Reiki treatments they love, or, you know, just a little bit of interest, right? It's just like a little seed that you water and it starts to grow. And the only thing that it needs is your time, your, your a bit of attention and your compassion and, and it will grow. I, I love that. Like I really heard how simple you put it. 
because mm -hmm. I work in advertising. So for me, first I have to do the promo and then the calendar invite. I'm like the opposite. It works <laughs> my way. But I think, you know, again, what you said is just start with one little by little join. I think we both agree that it took me a long time for me to build my circle and it don't get also like frustrated if for the first two, three circles, there are few people because even I'm doing corporate meditation uh, on the East Coast, it took a year for people to really join the meditation every week. The first mm -hmm. six months were two people and I'm, I was paying the same, but it takes time to deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if you just keep holding that space open, you know, if you just keep going and um, yeah, then of course it will start to develop. And magic happens like Cincinnati, and now to the world. <laughs> so now that you have your practice, again, 20 years uh, of practice is a lot, over 20 years. Uh, if there is one tip you will give someone to deepen their practice, and you probably already mentioned because you were really about self-practice, but like something the same way you put it simply about like, hey, start a circle, invite one person, is there one simple thing for people to deepen their practice or transform their practice if they're feeling really stuck and completely disenchanted with Reiki practice? Mm. And you can take your time. Yeah. <laughs> I know this question was like, oh, what if I ask this? I'm like, I have so much to tell you. <laughs> you can tell me five tips. It doesn't have to be one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's so, so good. I think, you know, um, you know, don't, don't strive for protection, perfect, protection, <laughs> perfection. Don't strive for perfection. That's not what life is. You know, perfection, when I think about that, I think, you know, that's like, so not alive. You know, it's so plastic and not alive. Don't strive for that. Just strive to just be here now. And, you know, all you have to do is this one step, you know, just fully do that one thing, that one breath or that meditation or this one practice, forget everything else, but really commit yourself to that five minutes of breathing in the hara and, and not worrying about you've got to be one with the universe or <laughs> you have to feel the light or see the light or any of that. You just get to enjoy, you know, you get to enjoy what is here. And that's so unusual, you know, because we so often go so quick, so fast in our life. We're going for the next practice, going for the next goal or going for the next thing. But actually if we just rest in that one thing that you're doing it doesn't matter what it is it could be driving it could be you know but you are reiki already and so your spiritual life or your spiritual journey is already happening so remember to include yourself in everything that you do and again, you made it so simple, the one simple thing that most of us struggle with. And it's true. It's like, we're not fixing, we're not self-improvement, we're just being. So I love that that's a precious tip. I wanna have a tip in every interview and then do a kit of all the tips one day. Because we all struggle with very similar things and we don't talk about them because we don't like to show that struggle side. Yeah. Like, and struggle is not a word, but I just created it. <laughs> but I, you know, and I, that need for perfection, especially in the United States, is very yeah. cultural. We have to be perfect, especially for women as well. Yes. I think it's sure. even stronger for men as well in different way. But women have to look perfect, be perfect, be strong, never fail, be there for everyone. And on top of that, be amazingly feminine and never lose their calm, right? So, <laughs> and witty, because lately we also have to be witty. So it's like the list keeps growing, right? <laughs> it's so true. That's too much. We we put ourselves under so much pressure and we just have to let off the pressure and just be yourself because we've got to start to trust who we are 
and and more and more and um because there's nobody like you out there you know and you got to trust at that and i and when um our our one of our teachers um franstina used to say like you got to love yourself 200% i was like i understand what you're saying in my mind but the rest of me doesn't get that <laughs> guilty guilty yes I was like, I hear you and I'm, I'm going for it, <laughs> but I think I'm understanding that more these days. And I am super grateful for that. And I, and I feel like it's this, you know, um, caring. I know the state of my own being now. I'm a little more aware, right, of how I'm feeling. And I'm just tending to that a little more um, each day. I'm not striving to be perfect or like anyone else um at least for right now <laughs> you, you don't know. i mean You're, i, I kinda, maria is a wonderful I, being i kind of want to be michelle obama but you know okay yeah now that you say michelle obama yeah like that yes i i Whatever people may have political, a woman who keeps on going to Target and keeps on being grounded after going to the White House, that's my kind of woman. And she's awesome. amazing. But she's herself, gone. you know? Yeah, I she, love that. She goes to Target. This is Target. I'm like, yeah. Like, <laughs> most people would be like, mm, you know, she's who she is, right? Very grounded, but very smart. And, and you may like yeah. her or not, but she's what she is, you know, like. And that's why some people dislike her. Some people like her because she's not trying to fit in a mold. I think that mm. is, it's funny. I always saw Reiki's uh, acceptance of the self. I never saw it in this way. Like these people who can be truly authentic and and just be. Like I, I love that twist on, mine was all very much about acceptance and forgiveness, but this is more joyful what you're saying. <laughs> you know, be fully who you are. Like show your colors, right? Yeah, why not? You know, might as well. I feel like we only have so much. I don't know. I think I, there's that quote, right? Like, one of the problems is that we think we have so much time. And, you know, it's actually, you know, we're all going to die someday. So might as well make the most of it. <laughs> you know, I, I have a, I'm a Scorpio, so I have weird dark things. Sometimes I'm upset. I'm like, well, this astrology said you may die at 60, so you have like 12 years left. So you better stop being upset because, and actually maybe tomorrow, oh my God. And I, it works. It strangely works. Great. <laughs> yeah, great. What works for you? Awesome. But yeah, I think, you know, the more true you are to your way in your being, right? One of the Reiki precepts, the easier it is to allow others also to be free to be themselves, you know, to be true to themselves. And I, I love that because so much more flexible, you know, um, you know, so much more open that I can be who I am right now. And it may be different tomorrow. Who knows? You know, um, my husband thinks that's funny. He's like, you're still the same as you were yesterday. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? Well, how are your cells are not? But that's the nerd scientist in me. You're literally not the person you were 20 years ago. None of your cells are. Maybe the neurons, I think, probably, but I don't even know. <laughs> but so one thing I love about yourself is you're pretty happy, pretty relaxed. You have a strong self-practice. You have a community. You lead this community. But you also actually make a living of Reiki, right? So a lot of people struggle with it. Uh, some people do very well. Some people feel they should, which, in my opinion, most of us should just have a self-practice. Like we, there is no obligation doing Reiki to Reiki tree and have a practice. But if we try to have a business, how do we, how do you cope personally with the pressure of making money and keeping your practice, uh, still not worrying, not getting angry, and still be compassionate? Mm, great question. Um, I think you know, um, having a Reiki business, it's. It's different than other businesses. It cannot be the way that we work at everything else. You know, it's it's a spiritual journey and and Reiki is a spiritual, you know, spiritual practice, right? So you can't have the business the same way. It's and so I see my business as um, 
in a way, in a little holistic, more, more holistic, that I think that all parts of my business have to be about healing. Um, and, and maybe some, and most of that healing is my, my healing. <laughs> um, and, and, and some people would say, well, that's kind of a selfish thing to say, but we have to stop thinking about that. It's not selfish to care for yourself and to take care of yourself. It's not. In fact, it's the best thing that we can do for our loved ones and and actually the world because it's a little less anger out there. Yeah, you know? See, self-care is everybody care, right? Because if you're a sender, you're not going to be driving the other people mad. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, the money aspect of my business, I have to uh, work on my own piece about that and um, work on my money issues. You know, when, when things come up, when I, if, when I was feeling fear, then take good care of yourself during that process because um, our spiritual journey is if we uncover these uncomfortable truths and it's important to <laughs> about yourself, <laughs> sometimes about others, <laughs> but it's okay to face them, you know, it's okay. And I think with a, a good, strong practice, we have the energy, we have the mental space in our, you know, in our minds, hearts, bodies, whatever, to see those things and to take good care of them. Um, so because then we can let them, you know, start to open up however they need to and to I think almost a way that we digest these lessons, like food, you know, we take our experiences in and we take the wisdom from these experiences. We digest it, like just like we with food and we can let go of everything else. So I learned a lot about my fear about money and being paid to serve others. And also people would bring me things, right? Like, you know, you're making money off of people, you know, and that should be free. And I was like, well, actually, I have to take care of my children and my family, too. And um, I need to pay for groceries. And that's not the same. You know, I'm my life is not the same as everybody else's, but you have to have harmony in your life. And that is and harmony is kind of a thing that's always kind of changing, right, as you grow that harmony between money and the work that you have and the, 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 the time that you have at home and or whatever the situation is, is also kind of coming back again and again and again, right? You, you grow and then harmony again. Um, so yeah, I think see it as an opportunity. I don't think um, that you go into a Reiki business trying to make a bunch of money, right? Because that's not the purpose of that. I think you have to have a really good intention um, for yourself um, and what you're offering to the world, which is the system of Reiki, right? So we have to be really clear about that. And so my intention for my work is that I'm really being true, you know, to my, to that nature of who we are. You know, I want to rest in that peace more and more of who I really am. And I offer that to anybody who wants to receive that, right? I want to re rest in my own Reiki energy. Um, and I, you know, right? And I support people in their own remembering of what that is, right? Their own peace, their own happiness. Um, and so I try to stay really clear about that. And that helps me um, as I develop my business and I started putting pieces together. Um, you know, is this, is this living the precepts? Is this, you know, um, because it can be very difficult. It's challenging, right? But I did start um, on um, just like anything else. I start, I tried to keep it very simple. Um, I started offering um, treatments um, while I was working full-time as a, uh, one of the administrators at a school. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and that felt really good, you know, and I got a lot of um, joy out of sharing, you know, um, Reiki with other people. And then I, you know, I started to teach a little bit and, you know, oh my gosh, that's so much fun, you know, and, you know, 
of course, my own practice changed. And so the way that I offer change, I think I feel like Reiki is who I am and and who I am actually is always flowing, right? And so we have to stay alive in your practice and in yourself because um, things change all the time. I mean, think about COVID and all of that stuff. I had to shut my business down and I was on the couch, right? Crying. <laughs> I was heartbroken. I felt like my mission in life was canceled. You oh. know? It's funny that you say that, like, like instead of worrying about the money, like the first thing is like your mission in your life, like that makes clear that your purpose is very clear regarding your business, right? Yeah, yeah. But my, my mission, to, and I've always, I think, been in this place of I wanted to serve others, but with Reiki, I found I could serve myself, I could help myself and also serve others, which I was like, Ch awesome, cha-ching, I love to multitask <laughs> in a way like I want to receive what I want to share and from that place of feeling good and overflowing, like that totally makes sense to me. But I think, you know, by starting in a way that was part-time, I wasn't worried about the bills so much, right? Because I could still pay my bills. So I could manage my fear, <laughs> Little by little, yeah. yeah. Charging and, and giving a session, which is the hardest things when you start, you know. Right. How to charge. I had to work out these things. I gave myself the space and the time to develop as I needed to. And, you know, my teaching has changed. The way my Reiki treatments have changed from the beginning to now. So, and and I think that's it's just changed um, because I feel more peaceful. You know, I feel it's so simple. It's so practical right? It's so every day, it, this is your life, right? <laughs> and we can take care of ourselves. So I think um, a business, um, a Reiki business too, you know, got to take care of our hopes and our fears so that we don't get carried away with that, you know, and, and uh, really remain in that, you know, for this moment only, you know, and um, yeah, so that you can be just receiving and, and healing yourself throughout the process of that. So when my mission got canceled, I, you know, right? I mean, I did, I had to cry and I had to, to take care of myself, right? And I realized, wait, I'm still here. You know, I'm not, I'm not, it's not the end of my life. I can still offer what I can, can, and I'm going to do it. And so I did. And, you know, and I, and whatever, if I had one Reiki session online, I was just so just really grateful for that, you know, and um, I also, you know, just took care, good care of myself and my family and my, I ended up taking care of my neighborhood. <laughs> Because I would just be walking all the time, and I'd notice my my neighbors who um, I know who are super isolated, you know. Um, so my business really changed to be like, you know what, this this is just life, right? This is, you know, to caring for my my neighbors and and um, my family in a new way, and you know they became, you know, we became closer than normally. We don't have that opportunity to chat with each other. So now I've, you know, um, a sweet little community. I'm so excited about that. But I think that's life. You know, we have to keep growing and our business changes. The needs for your business change just as you do, you know, to so stay open to that, that your the way that your business operates, operates is not the precious thing. You know, don't hold on to it so much because it can change. What's precious and sacred is you, you know, and the people that you get to meet. And, and just remember that and keep going, right? Don't give up, you know. And then the other thing that I think, too, is that anytime you try something new or you want to bring something out into the world, um, I, start, I start talking about it. 
I start telling people, hey, guess what I'm thinking about doing? I guess what? I'm going to do this. And and you get people in, you know, just to be on your side and just support you through that process. Because if you're excited about something, your loved ones are excited about it too. And they will ask you about it, right, next week or whatever. <laughs> hey, how's that going? And that actually keeps you accountable. Oh, Yeah. I did nothing on it. (laughs) (laughs) Which happens often. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, But, you know. Yeah. It's it's, it's funny because I I was the same with the podcast. I started like, I'm going to do a podcast. And I told all my friends, everybody's like, you're not going to do a podcast. I'm like, no. But it was the thing that actually made me do the first interview. I, I love all the advice you gave me and actually it's funny like because for me the reiki business part has always like my mission for me is to spread information to educate it and sometimes like part of why i keep freelancing advertising is like i'm working on my fears very slowly and also because sometimes in new york people are very aggressive so i'm like i feel like sometimes uh you know like okay how do i deal with people who start texting me and all of that and like I don't have the bandwidth or mental. I'm more of an intellectual sometimes, and I like my self-practice and teaching people. But you said something beautiful for clients that may be difficult in our pre-interview. What is the most compassionate thing to do? How do yeah. I and so I want you to elaborate a little bit on that because I've been applying that to everything: dating, clients, <laughs> family. Like it's true. That's a great, like I have that now on my wall every day. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I, I think about that, too. I think, um, you know, uh, sometimes that that precept can be can be a, a hard one, you know, to be compassionate to yourself and others. But I think, oh, gosh, it's so great. And it made me realize that compassion is not about being nice, you know, and I I grew up be nice, be a good person, you know, had that stiffness and it really wasn't being very compassionate to myself. I'm a, I'm a giver, right? So I took care of everybody else and I always left myself out. So um, being compassionate is actually, yeah, what is the most loving action that you can do for yourself and for others? And I think the more that we start to really work with that precepts, it's easier than when, when difficulties happen or difficult people are in our life. I think it's, um, you know, to not hide from that, to not, you know, uh, be afraid because we have the strength, we have the compassion in order to accept them for who they are and also to be strong. You know, compassion can be very strong, can be very fiery, can be like the most loving action, can sometimes be a, a really sharp kick in the butt. You know what I mean? And, um, and I have two boys. So they really helped me with that. <laughs> they trained you. They trained you. They did. And uh, and one of my friends who I really, really love once gave me some of the best advice. She said, uh, she said, you know, you're you're too nice. And and your your children, your husband, they're running all over you. You know, you're being a doormat, right? But I think we can we can do this in our, our business too, that we just offer and offer and, and and it's really not the right, like it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no to your clients and to your students and to not accept people as a client or a student. It's okay. And in fact, it may be the most loving action. But she said she's like, sometimes you just gotta go ape shit crazy on those people <laughs> on your on your family and tell and let them know that it's not okay right i just thought that was hysterical you know um and i i really we got a good laugh out of that but but she's right because you know being too nice um we're not taking responsibility to for what is happening in our life and um also, we allow people, we kind of disempower people as well um, by not allowing them to hear the truth of the situation and to take responsibility for their part of whatever that is, right? So I think, what is the most loving action? Um, and so I've had, um, I'm just trying to think of a specific example, but Definitely, um, like I had a, I have had a student who 
ran into a friend of mine who's a Reiki teacher, an incredible Reiki teacher, but he lives in um, a different state. And so he sent him to me um, to be my student. And, um, and I was like, yeah, of course, for, for my friend, of course, you're welcome to take my class. Oh, you want to take it for free? Yeah, of course, you can take my class for free. Oh, you're gonna be, a, you know, really tough person to deal with all the time. Of course, you know, I can handle that. Right. And so I really what I realized, and it was fine, it took me, and, you know, I, and I cared for this person, and I cared for our relationship for as long as we could until you know, and I cared for myself, right? But I realized it's like, I don't need to put myself in those situations. Some students are not the right students for me. Yeah. And I'm really aware of that now. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, most of my students, I do a pre-call. Like one thing I do is I explain very much the way I teach. So I always try to have a pre-call because I'm like, I love sharing Reiki with people. So I want them to, to do an, almost like a chemistry check, like is because at the end it's not the right or wrong teacher. Okay, there are some people who are not prepared, but in general, people are really good teachers. It's most like a match.com. Some people are your match. Some people need another teacher. There is nothing wrong in them not choosing you. There is yeah. everything right if they like you and they already come very open-minded. The, the class is gonna be fantastic. Like, you know, it, and for me, that was a big difference. Like, do you wanna talk? Do you have questions? Call me. It's 10 minutes. But the Reiki class is fantastic, especially when it comes to Reiki tree, because it's a big investment, right? People are investing. And so I've done that and that helps a lot. And with sessions, I basically, what I do is I limit the sessions because here people get naked in your stuff. Like I have people get drunk into, like it's New York City, right? So I, I've i learned to put boundaries, which was hard for me, like it was for you with this friend. And then the other thing is like, okay, I love New York Madness. It brings joy to my life. But I can do so many hours of wake of naked drunk people coming to my yes. Ironically, now they don't come anymore, right? I get like a <laughs> lot of, of lovely people. But when I decide, like, okay. And so, so we all have to find what works for us. But as you said, yeah. compassion and taking care of ourselves, right? Yes. But I think also the more centered and grounded you are, the more you have clarity in your life and how you're communicating Reiki is clearer. Um, and I'm, I'm not always the best at like writing and stuff, but, you know, um, and then the people who come to see you are the, are the people that need to be there. So all my clients are so lovely and my students are so lovely. I just really, really enjoy them. And also I've taken care of my stuff too. So I have a little less (laughs) in me, which is also helpful, less buttons to push, um, you know, uh, you know, a little more gratitude and a little more compassion in me, which is great. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, boundaries are a good thing and being able to be strong and say no, or say, you know what, you know, um, you're not I'm the right tell you to practice, or I'm going to tell you, you know, the truth. I'm always going to tell the truth, whether people receive that or not is up to them. That's their responsibility. So, yeah. And I'm not worried about it, right? I'm less worried about it than ever. <laughs> I know it's, and I love that you said that we can say compassionately, but I have sometimes students that come up with the same question class after class. And I know that if they sat and did their practice, they will not have that question. Right. So my answer is sit on your butt and tell me next week, right? So, and I say it with a smile, but sometimes as you said, the most compassionate action is actually making sure people practice, right? Not solving yes. it. I think also there is that thing that we have both as in sessions and teacher that we try to solve, explain people what they, what is happening to them uh-huh. versus holding the space so they can do their own self-exploration, self, whatever they need to do. And I love the way you put it, you know, about like, hey, it's on you. Yeah. Well, I, and it's so much more empowering too when you support someone in their own healing you know, we know that's what's happening. People are healing themselves and we want I, we want people to be empowered and to have their own, right? It's their own Reiki energy. So to really embody that, you know, uh, is such a gift, you know, and that just keeps giving to, to their families, to their world, what's happening in their life. So I really, really so appreciate each person's sacredness in that space and that it's not me who's doing the healer healing, right? It's I'm there holding that space, 
for each person, whatever's going on and right, not examining it too much in my mind, you know, and, and when people have questions or things, I, I just try to say, you know, communicate from that place of compassion as best as I can. And, uh, and I also tell them like, if I say something uh, wrong, just, you know, if it doesn't resonate with you, just throw it out, forget it, take what you need from these situations, um, you know, and that's it. And just enjoy, continue enjoying. I love that. And I know we're running a little bit out of time, but I do have two questions on the drawings. So I'm going to okay. impose if you have a little bit more time. Yeah. The first one is you were doing um, Shugendo training for the people who don't know. Shugendo is a Japanese spiritual tradition. And I believe if I'm not wrong, it's linked to the mountain monks. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it's a lot of like chanting and energy work. So I wanted a little bit for people to understand the importance of continuing practice and also exploring a little bit the roots that inspire Mikao Sui practice to understand the practice better. And I've been saying practice 10 times. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, I was uh, lucky enough to go with Oliver Drews to Japan and Franz Stina and the, a really incredible group of Reiki practitioners from all over the world. And and that was called um, Walking in the Footsteps of Asui, of Mikao Asui. And I, and I just, you know, since that time, you know, I think getting to feel uh, the land, the culture, you know, the people and their traditions and, and to walk on the mountains, right? It's just, it's just, I feel, I don't know. Um, I feel a part of that. You know, I feel like those roots are that, that I'm, I feel that's a part of me um, somehow. And um, I think, you know, that when we, we eat the food of a place and we enjoy the culture that we learn uh, so much um, from those experiences and being immersed right in practice is so fantastic. So I um, continued on that kind of um, researching on my own about Makawa Sui, the founder of Reiki and, and his practices. And I just, I, 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 I want to, you know, I'm so, <laughs> I'm such a nerd in so many ways, <laughs> but I love that I'm a nerd, you know, <laughs> You have to love yourself so much. You even love your nerd. I love my nerdiness. Oh man, that's got to be a great uh, t-shirt someday. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like hashtag nerd proud. You know, like we should do a nerd pride parade. Yes. So, um, yeah. So I uh, found um, actually Shagundo Mountain Training. It's um, That was happening in the United States. It, that's very rare circumstance as far as I can tell that it's happened in uh, the United States. Um, so I was really excited to go because Makawa Sui practiced Shagundo and Shagundo, um, I think was like, uh, you know, it's become becoming one with Kami or uh, the divine nature of who you are um, through um, accepting that Kami in nature and in yourself and uh, the elements and all of those things. But it's very aesthetic practices, so really difficult, um, almost like uh, uh, one of my students called it Zen CrossFit, which I think is like... <laughs> That's a great, great definition. Because it's so true, because it's about, it's, there's a lot of endurance uh, practices that you go through. And, but the point of it is not that you do the endurance, right? That you're super strong and can run, you know, chant for 15 hours and, you know, hike up the mountains with no food, not much water, you know, <laughs> all these things, all of these endurance, the important, the important thing is that, um, that you actually are dedicated to that practice and that you um, really rest in your the in who you are and you trust that you trust your practice and um, you really can have that opportunity to see can and confront um, your fears uh, the fact that you may die <laughs> And, you know, it's pretty intense. So yeah, you're um, very brave. But to have compassion to yourself and also to be able to say, you know what, that's, 
that's good. <laughs> like, chat, like, no, I think I'll take a break. <laughs> you know, uh, but because it's not, it's not, again, it's not about our ego or anything like that, but it's about really exposing our true nature a little more. And I think it really helped me to see a different aspect of um, Makawa Sui's practice and um, kind of experience it for myself. Um, I think that adds, um, I don't know, a different richness, a uh, different perspective. I don't know. It just, you know, I love exploring and um, keeping my practice really alive. And this was one way that I, that I um, was so grateful to get out of my house. <laughs> You know, and and to really embrace uh, chanting uh, the Heart Sutra for hours and uh, the Fudo Mantra, you know, just different things like that, that um, help you to embody um, that mind uh, like a mountain that, uh, right, really rooted in peace, able to stand in any um, kind of weather. And if you're listening to this in a podcast or you're watching this video and you want uh, more information about what the Fuda Mantra or the Heart Sutra, just DM me, either put you in contact with Maria or I send you links to what they are. If you don't have a Buddhist background, because I know Shugendo is mountain mouse, but they have a lot of Buddhist practice as well as others. They combine a lot of things. So because in the Japanese Reiki tradition, we work a lot with Japanese deities and mantras, which in Western Reiki you may not have, but we're happy to share that info. Actually, I may include it in the notes of the podcast to help. Uh, so my last question, and I really love that deepening, you know, again, exploring the roots. My last question is the opposite. What is your biggest Reiki oops? The Again, I don't believe in mistake. I've learned from my mistakes. So what is that mistake that you made that, made you go like, wow, this is the biggest lesson I ever got, right? Because a lot of us are always scared of doing mistakes during Reiki practice, but that's the way we learn. Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, I mess up all the time. <laughs> yeah, is, like, is there one more memorable? I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I, I actually think, you know, it is good to share mistakes and I do, you know, um, I'm a bit clumsy, um, you know, so, you know, um, you know, in my life, so I can trip and then, and have some dishes and then catch the dishes. Like I'm, I'm clumsy with cat-like reflexes. <laughs> but so, kind of twins, you and I, like, like, we don't look alike, but you're kind of scaring me. Nerd, <laughs> shy, introvert, transformation, couldn't dance. And now you're also clumsy. Well, anyway, so, you know, I think embracing our mistakes and our, our mess ups are, you know, so wonderful because, um, again, it's just that gentling of that feeling that we have to be perfect and we don't. And I learn so much from our mis my mistakes, sometimes, you know, more, although I do love to learn through happiness and joy. I think that's really important. <laughs> we don't always have to learn through suffering and mistakes, you know, um, Actually, happiness and joy is just as great, uh, if not more lovely. But um, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we can just laugh at ourselves. But, you know, when I first started practicing Reiki, you know, I was super excited and I was really forceful about it. <laughs> I was like, sit, no, no, really sit down, sit, no, sit. And I'm going to give you Reiki and like <laughs> all these things. So I've done all those things. So I can really understand <laughs> people, lots of people in different practices um, and, you know, are putting, um, you know, I, I don't know putting all the power of the universe on someone's knee and really, <laughs> you know, trying really hard. <laughs> um, and I, and I just, you know, I, uh, I really laugh about that now because, um, and I, you know, at one point I just was like, I'm so sorry to all my students, like, <laughs> you know, cause I, I, and not that I messed up, but 
I, I kept changing and growing. And then my, my wisdom and my understanding of Reiki grew. And I actually reached out to my beginning students as like, hey, you guys, I'm practicing Reiki in a whole different way. I'm not putting all the power of the universe on our knee. I'm feeling my own relationship with the universe more and more, not separate ever. And I want to share that with you because, you know, it's so, so important to, to remember who you are and to, you know, that it's, it's you that's sacred. You are Reiki. Guess what? It's in you, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I actually did send out that message and I was like, if anybody wants to come for training again, you know, just come for free. <laughs> that's so beautiful you did that. I, it's funny. I, I think unless you've gone through all this process of trying, fixing, you cannot be a compassionate teacher. And also people, probably most people, because you, I don't know if you're mistaken or just the stage of learning, right? That's the way we go and it's really hard to let go. If you really are very enlightened, then it's gonna be, well, if you're enlightened, you'll be compassionate. But for me, the beauty of, as a teacher of being vulnerable and opening that is like, yeah, I've been there, it's normal, right? Like, so now fix it like that, we can hold the space where students we can be human, but also we understand where they're coming from because we've been there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's an honor to ask about the Reiki books. <laughs> I love it. But I will check, also right? get back to you about more oops. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, we could do a whole book about it. That's you. And I just want to thank you so much for the time. I feel like I didn't know you, even though we had the retreat. I liked you. Your energy was wonderful. I'm really grateful you gave me the chance to know you better. Uh, yeah. It's just because I think sometimes when we see people so happy, we enjoy the happiness. We don't get the depth of practice and being that is behind it. And I really appreciate you sharing that with me and everybody looking at this, po at this podcast. I can never pronounce it and <laughs> listening to it as well. Well, thank you so much, really, for offering this opportunity to chat with you and to get to know you. You're so special and wonderful, and I'm so glad for all that you are offering to the world and to your your incredible uh, your incredible community as well. And thank you for that such such a gorgeous drawing. You're so talented. It's you. Million hugs and kisses. <laughs> it just it came very natural and. It just so I hope you like it when it gets there. And if tomorrow you'll have it before my trip. And again, big hearts. I'm gonna put your contact info on the notes of the podcast and the YouTube. It's easier than you trying to spell all your websites. So put your yeah. Facebook, your website, and your Instagram so people can reach you. Thank you for listening to the Dive into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. 